Welcome to the Recession Resistant Real Estate Radio, where we talk about real estate, passive investing, business strategies, and so much more. I'm your host, Brandon Cobb, CEO of HPG Capital. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. Thankful everybody is here. I'm excited. Today, I'm going to talk about some of the takeaways that I had from the multifamily live event that I just got back from. Multifamily live event is for real estate investors who have done multifamily deals. And I got a chance to talk to a ton of investors, investors that uh, have literally several thousand units to investors who are just getting started that have nothing to investors that have multiple seven figures in their account and they are struggling to figure out where to place it and what to do and what the next steps are for them. And it was interesting. I I had a lot of conversations with people that had capital and they just weren't sure what to do with it. They weren't sure how to get started. They were like, is multifamily something I should go into? When you go to a lot of these events, you're you're rubbing elbows with a lot of people who are kind of looking for the next the next thing. They may be in a stage of their life where they have uh, retired and they're just looking to create passive income or they might be quitting their W-2 job and they're trying to uh, make and invest money at a rate that will create financial independence. And so it's really interesting to get to know each person and there's, hear their story. And I met with this lady. I, um, I sat down and we were, we were having lunch. We met at the event and uh, we went to Panera. We were having some food and she was struggling with what was next for her. She was trying to figure out where she wanted her life to go. And she had narrowed it down to know that real estate was the thing that she wanted. But there's so many different niches in real estate. She was torn and wasn't sure. And she wasn't sure because she had this fear that if she picked one, that she'd go down this road and spend all this time, effort, and you know, possibly capital to realize that, oh my God, I picked the wrong road. And I could tell after talking with her that she'd been in this spot for quite some time. I'm talking about years. She had been in a state of indecision and had been sitting there. And, you know, I was talking with her. We were trying to figure out kind of which niche it was. And I want to tell you this story of kind of how we laid like a a, a framework and a groundwork for her. Uh, So before we jump into today's episode, I want to tell you guys this story and kind of tell you how you can figure out like which pathway you want to go down and help you create some direction. Uh, Do me a favor hit the review button, give us some stars, show us some love. It is the algorithm that helps keep great content coming to you. Uh, It's really easy. Just get on your phone, click the podcast, scroll down, hit the reviews. We will thank you. Also, if you've been learning, interested in learning more about creating passive income from recession-resistant real estate, we've got a lot of great free information on our website, hbgcapital.net. That's pronounced Harry Bob Gary Capital.net. Head on over there, grab the free ebooks, absorb the content. If you're interested in getting to know us, you can schedule a call and we look forward to getting to know you. All right. So coming back to this lunch that we were having, I, you know, there, there's a step by step process to really figuring out what your next step is. But the problem is most people don't know how to do it because they've been locked in this corporate job for forever. And that's all they know how to do. It takes a completely different framework of thinking 
And, you know, for me that, that happened when I got fired from my job. So I'm not a natural entrepreneur. I, I don't have a bazillion ideas an hour, like, like my partner does. And it's very, very difficult to break out of this mindset of like making money for yourself. And I could tell that she had been trapped in this, this corporate mindset, the safety net, and was just scared to make a decision. So the first question I asked her, I said, well, what's the end goal? you're trying to achieve. That's the best place to start when you're trying to figure out what your next move is, is what's the end state? Because a lot of the times people don't know where they want to go. And it's kind of like rowing a rowboat out in the middle of the ocean. You're going to end up getting carried by the current, going in circles, getting spun around. You're not going to go anywhere. You need to understand exactly where you need to go first. So I asked her that and her answer was, well, I really want to create passive income so I don't have to worry about working and I, I want to do something that's fulfilling with my life. I want to make an impact. So, you know, pretty, pretty typical response of what a lot of people want to get out in life. And I said, okay, great. So you want the money from your investments to produce the lifestyle to ultimately take care of all your, your living expenses, your needs. Perfect. Okay. I said, do you have a monthly budget? That was the next thing. If you know that this is what you want, do you have a number in mind? Most people don't have a number in mind. They don't know what it takes to live the financial independence life. Is that $3,000 a month? Is it $6,000 a month? Is it $7,000 a month? Is it $50,000 a month? I know some teachers who've done financial independence and they literally survive off $4,000 of passive income per month. They were able to do it very quickly because they got their living expenses down super low. They paid off all their debt super fast. Uh, you know, she literally has debt free uh, house and, and expenses. And so she's able to live off roughly $50,000 a month. That might not be what works for you, but it's what works for her. So I asked her that and she actually uh, did have a number in mind. And I said, okay, so you know exactly how much it takes you know, per month, per year, just to take care of your expenses. I said, now, you know, with your current investment portfolio, if it were per to produce somewhere between five and 8% annualized in passive income, would that be enough to take care of those living expenses? And she said, yes, it would. She was very quick to answer. She knew exactly what it was. And I said, well, I was now, now kind of confused. I was like, okay, well, if, you, if this is what you want and you know your number and your investments can get you there, like what? You know, what's the holdup? What's going on? And that's when we kind of started having a deeper conversation and found out it was mostly in stocks, right? It was in the stock markets. And it's somebody, let's just say uh, somebody like her age or as far as along as she, as she had been, you typically don't want to have an investment portfolio that is extremely volatile. You want more safer, consistent assets that are paying, uh, you know, safer returns, you know, treasury bonds, uh, annuities, um, some that's going to be consistent. And so, you know, that, that was kind of the thing that I was sort of hinting at was like, man, you know, if you didn't have all your money in stocks and you had it in something that was producing, you know, you know, maybe it could be stocks, maybe it could be dividends that a big stock, maybe like Apple, uh, that's, you know, pretty safe. We know Apple's not going to go belly up tomorrow, more than likely, maybe some company does come in and take it over and, you know, put it out of business like Netflix does. Did uh, did Blockbuster? That's why I don't like investing in individual stocks for that reason. There's literally no, almost no companies around that have, that were around like 50 years ago, and none of them that were in like the Dow Jones, um, uh, 
index are in there. None of them that were in the SP 500. I think there's like 15 that are still in there. So like companies come and go, but, but it was basically let, how do we, you know, I said, I don't know what your taxable situation is or where your funds are, but that's what I would do. I would just move the funds and safer assets and start collecting the passive income. And as far as which path she should take in real estate, cause you could tell she wanted a new chapter. She basically was, was, was caught in this indecision. And, uh, you know, I didn't tell her what to do. I don't like telling people what to do. I like to just talk and ask good questions because I think good questions will help people arrive at the solutions themselves. And, and I asked her, I said, well, what's the cost of not making a decision? Think about that for a second. What's the cost of not making a decision? One of the biggest things that I, I already knew but was presented at this conference that, that I really like is the top uh, expenses in your life. Most people think their mortgage is their top expense. And some savvy people are like, ha, it's not the mortgage. It's actually taxes. Taxes are the most expensive thing. And, you know, arguably so. We pay a lot in taxes, but that's not the number one cost. The number one expense in people's lives is the opportunity cost. So for every year that you are not making $500,000. Let's say you're making $100,000, but there's tools and there's coaches and there's programs and there is a way for you to make half a million dollars a year. Everybody can do it. The opportunity cost of not knowing that knowledge, not building whatever that is, not having it in place, not making a decision that's going to get you there is basically the difference between the hundred you make and the five hundred you could be making, which is four hundred thousand dollars. So it costs four hundred thousand dollars in opportunity costs for every year. If you're making a hundred thousand dollars, you're not making five hundred thousand dollars. And this is the idea that I was trying to hit home with her. She'd been sitting in indecision for so long that had she just made a decision, she would have been much further along. Because even if you make a decision and you're wrong. At least you've made a decision and you've figured out that you're wrong and a decision was made and then you're able to turn and make the right decision. You know, I joke that every no I get on things, I'm just one more no closer to a yes. And there's a really good story about a general who had this extremely difficult call to make. It was basically whether or not to go to war with this country. And on one end, this country was like kind of prepping and building their military up and it was looking really, really scary. And the news was saying that they were going to attack us. And I mean, it was just a horrible, horrible situation. So on one end, he could just sit back and let nothing happen and, and just see and prevent this war from happening. Or on the other end, he had the option to move half a million troops into the territory to just bomb them with missiles and basically start a war for sure and kill hundreds of thousands of people and put the lives of if not millions of, of men, armed men in, 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 in jeopardy and in harm's way. And um, there were the, these, these two groups that were, you know, represented each side and they were talking to the general and they were trying to win his vote and his approval. And I mean, the, the level of complexity with, with geopolitics and, and what was involved and what it meant and the repercussions that would come for decades and decades. And he made a decision quickly. He made a decision quickly and he, and he made, uh, made the decision that he made and he went with it and he supported it and he stood by it. And both parties were kind of staring at him and were a little dumbfounded and said, General, how could you have made 
that decision without looking at all the information, the complexity. So you didn't consider any of the material. You you could have you should have spent months just looking at one side and then months looking at the other side before making this. How did you do that? And he said, because a decision had to be made. And whether or not it was the right decision or not, we will find out. Because if it is the wrong decision, we will know, we will find out, and then we will adjust and we will then make the right decision. So I think that most of the time when people are struggling, they just need to make a decision just to get the ball rolling. That's what's really helped me in my life. And that's what I hope helps you today. Um, That's it for today, guys. You know, again, if you're interested in learning more about creating this kind of passive income uh, from recession-resistant real estate, check out our website, hbgcapital.net. Book a call with us if you want to. We look forward to getting to know you. Till next time.